the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today for the Wednesday edition. Hope that wherever you are, uh, all is right and well in your life. Kath, good to see you. See, you're wearing a turtleneck today. Oh, my gosh. Listen, turtleneck. this was a, a rough choice. John and I are going up to Grove City College tonight. We're happy to be uh, guests up there because uh, Britt Hume, who's a longtime Washington correspondent, uh, now I believe he works for Fox News. Anyway, he's giving a, a talk up there. Mm, want to see him. We're happy to be there. Um, I was looking forward to a cold evening. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I should probably wear a turtleneck. I'll be cold Chilly. during the thing. We'll probably probably be outside, have to walk a distance from where we're going to park. Sure. You want to dress appropriately. I am not kidding when I tell you. It is probably 98 degrees mm-hmm. in this station. Yeah. It, there's something, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's just this building. Oh, my gosh. Or like all office buildings that have to adjust to the er, the early ebb and flow of the temperature, right? Like in your own house. Don't you fiddle with the thermostat a little no. more in October, November? Never. I do. I never. I set it for a thing and I leave it alone. What? Really? It's set for a... For a particular temperature and i go away. no as winter settles in of course you do but no. early on i'm no, like no. a few degrees no, no, here we're not a moving. few degrees no, no. there we're staying right where we are it's why, my they dad. Ha- it's why they have a thermostat <laughs> okay. you don't have to worry about that anyway we digress it is like it's like sauna in here today it is so hot oh I my cannot- gosh and not only am i wearing a turtleneck but mm-hmm. it's black just yeah. something just to make it seem hotter yeah in a black room which is with carpet on the walls. I've got to be honest. I am about ready to explode. It, yeah, it's really, really super hot. But that's, you know, that's just like our first world small time problems. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. sorry. All right. So election day was yesterday. Yeah. Did you vote? Uh, yes, I did. Good. What number were you? Do you know? No idea. No. Okay. So I was like, I went like at 11 o'clock or so. I was 61. My wife, uh, she went around four. She was 131. So when you think, I mean, all the people that you live around, 131 people showed up. Maybe they were just going late. I hope so, man. Okay, any surprises uh, in the uh, in sort of like in, in the Allegheny County, city of Pittsburgh? Stephen Zappala, of course, the district attorney. Right. He was challenged for the first time yes. in many a decade. He came out, I think, fifty-six percent of the vote. He won, victorious. Right. right. That wasn't a surprise. No. Uh, Chelsea Wagner, she herself uh, sailed to victory. Rich Fitzgerald, the county executive, he himself sailed to victory, and then. You, you, listen, you have not lived until you've been to a election night hoo-ha. Like a soiree. Yeah, where there's I, you know a loser and a winner. Listen, I can't get into that. Oh, that's weird. I mean, I've watched a lot of them on television. Yeah, that, no, no. You know, the, the national races. I've been there. are always like completely angst-filled. Yeah. A friend of mine ran for Pittsburgh City Council, and one year he won. He you know did a four-year term. Next time he lost. So it was like two sides of the coin. <laughs> That's rough. That's a rough territory. Yeah. Anyway, so um, at St- at uh, Rich Fitzgerald's event last night, who showed up? Joe Biden. 
to yeah. say hey. And said, hey, listen, hey, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here to help out. all of my friends from Western Pennsylvania right. so we can take this state back from the Republicans. Exactly. He called everybody buddy because he knew no one's name. So I have to be honest with you that I did not know that Joe showed up. Oh, yeah. So Joe was in person there mm-hmm. just yeah. to say hi to Rich. He surprised Rich. Did he? Mm-hmm. It's like your favorite uncle showing. Showing up. Hey, don't steal my thunder. I like that. Yeah. Okay, here's my favorite race. Okay. Um, actually, it wasn't my favorite race. It was my favorite vote. But um, an election official in Pennsylvania didn't think anything of the absentee ballot application until he saw the out-of-this-world voting location. The Newcastle News, and we do have a friend, a close associate of ours, who is from Newcastle. Live updates from the Newcastle News. The Newcastle News reports that the application to Lawrence County's Voter Services Department listed the location as International Space Station Low Earth Orbit. Nice. Director Ed Allison says his reaction was what? But then he found out that astronaut Andrew Drew Morgan, currently on the U.S. space station, has an address in Nishanik Township and is a registered voter in your county, Mike That's Duffy. Right. It's my hometown. Hold on. Wait a second. We've <laughs> got, got an astronaut. astronaut in Newcastle. Heck yeah, we do. Really? Well, he's not in Newcastle now. He's in the space right, station right, right yeah. now. Which is, which is why this is the story. Do you know him? Do you have no. any connections? No, no six connection. degrees of separation. Nope. When's he coming back to Earth? Not sure. But I, I know he's working. I know he's working on the uh, space station for the next twenty twenty four moon landing. Twenty twenty. Oh, really? Okay. Well, let's get on that. So let's let's invite this I, astronaut. I would love in the to air. meet Drew Morgan. Yeah, we've awesome. had a NASA astronaut in uh, Mike Fink in uh, studio here. We had a terrific right. time with Mike. Wait, what's his name? Drew Morgan. Drew Morgan. It sounds like he's like in uh, the, you know some sort of like uh, children's fictional character. Oh yeah, it sounds like. I went and saw Drew Morgan last night, and he told me <laughs> that. Boom, boom, boom. Well, you know what he told you? He What'd told you, you that he voted yesterday. Nice. I mean, I like the fact that Drew Morgan, who probably has a couple things on his mind. Yeah, but I wonder that is not. Voting. Do you think that that would be like a um, a secure ballot? That you know, he's first of all he's, well, now, in, he's in outer space the with port- the Russians. <laughs> okay. You know what? He's he like is. Tulsi Gabbard. He's a plant. Yeah. He's he's in outer space with the Russians, right? And then he's got a. He's got to tell. I mean, it doesn't come down like through an email, does it? Uh, County IT director Rick DeBello uh, set up a secure email and go. password and a fillable PDF file that Drew Morgan received, filled out, and sent back. Wouldn't that be cool? So, you know, if you were like one of the people on that ballot, you think, "Hey, man, some guy in outer space just voted for Isn't me." Isn't that awesome? That's super cool. Or what? If, what if the guy from outer space didn't vote for you? Oh, like how right. bad do I you got feel? Dissed. Right. Yeah, I get this. I get this by a guy who's not even in our atmosphere. There's no comeback there, right? That's you know, super oh, I, yeah. There's no comeback. Tell me about Wilson's Barbecue. Oh, boy, this is sad news. This is really sad news. Okay, so um, in the uh, 70s, <laughs> in the 1970s, I lived on Buena Vista Street. Mexican uh, War Street. Mexican War Street. The first block in, uh, the end of that first block, has been a barbecue place called Wilson's Barbecue. It's been there forever, 60-plus years. Wow. And I'm telling you what, this is as low uh, – anyway, there was a fire last night, mm. and the the building was gutted. So essentially, Wilson's oh. is out of business. Oh, My guess is sad. I can't imagine they're going to you know come back again. Who knows? <laughs> Stranger things have happened. But I'm telling you, in their prime, Wilson's, the best ribs bar none in the city of Pittsburgh. I mean, uh, all these – fancy hoo-ha restaurants mm-hmm. with all this high end it was just a guy over a fire pit in a storeroom and you'd go in there and get you know a half a rack you'd also they'd also give you like five lo- five pieces of white bread yeah some so coleslaw can- 
dip the stuff? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that sounds. I mean, so it was as good. basic as basic could be. No place to sit. They would just cover your paper plate with some foil. You'd go sit on the curb or in your car and eat. Now Wilson's is gone. It's a sad passing. Gosh, we're yeah. sorry. We certainly hope that Wilson's can rebuild. I would hope that, you know, what with, are they with own their, the building? And with their loyal customer base. You mm-hmm. hope that that's possible, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, So it's a sad passing. All right. Uh, we need to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the mini church. That doesn't mean a small church. That actually means a mini mouse church. It's a church for people who work at Disney World. Right. It's a small world after not, all. Not visiting Disney World. you got to work there. Right. Stick around for that. 101.5 WORD. Gather around because it is present time. It's that gift-giving time of the year, and we're giving one that will keep on giving all year long. We could be paying your rent or mortgage for all of 2020 if you're the winner of the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You want to come up with an early Christmas present? You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash contest. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at ramachristianschool.org. our troops to be their best means ensuring they get the right level of physical activity, nutrition, and importantly, sleep. And if you're sharing barracks, then the enemy of sleep is snoring. To snore less, use Mute. Mute is an easy-to-use nasal breathing device designed to increase airflow through the nose by gently opening the airways. Thanks to Mute, you'll get all the air you need through your nose and not your mouth. So you'll snore less, sleep more, and everyone in your barracks or your bedroom will be happier. Whatever your mission in life, if you want to be at your best, win the battle against snoring with Mute. Available at Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, and other fine stores. To find your local store or for more information, go to MuteSnoring.com. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and we just launched a new PragerTopia membership called PragerTopia Unlimited. Members can listen to any and all audio programs that are in the Dennis Prager store. That's over 400. Hundred programs to choose from, show segments, talks, lectures, courses, even full access to all five books of my Torah teaching. For a limited time, an annual Pragatopia Unlimited membership is only $119. Join Pragatopia Unlimited today. Go to Pragatopia.com.
is a small world after all, isn't it? Have you been to Disney World? Disneyland? I've never been to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. I've been to Disney World uh, with the band. Oh, oh. You, when you I was marched in somewhere 11th in high school. grade, yes. Was it enjoyable? Sure. Yeah. You go there and you know see the sights. A lot of people go to the Disney's for like a family vacation. Yeah, that's not my thing. That seems like a lot of work, doesn't it? But people love Disney World, and you sure. wonder about all the people, you know, like all the the characters, like you know, Sleeping Beauty, and you know, Goofy, and Pluto, or and the Mickey tens of thousands of characters we don't know anything about, as far as they're working behind the scenes. There are seventy thousand people that are employed there. Wow, seventy thousand. Ted Olson is with us. Uh, Ted is the editorial director of Christianity Today. And uh, he was at Epcot Center and uh, hanging out at Disney World. He wrote the cover story in this month's CT called Meet the Mini Church, What Happens When You Plant a Church for Employees of Just One Company. Ted, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me back, Sean. Ted, I had no idea that there were 70,000 people employed by Walt Disney World, and it was the single largest employer, you know, one uh, one site employer in the country. Um, so I guess it's not a surprise that there is a church plant that is devoted specifically to the people that work there, but there's something weird because it's Disney World. I mean, is it like everybody that works there is a character, or how how, how does it work? Yeah, they call everyone uh, who works for Disney World, whether they're uh, kind of behind the scenes or, you know, one of the characters uh, or, you know, a a line chef. They call them all cast members. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's this very show businessy approach. So the main church that I looked at for my story is actually called Cast Member Church, Uh, not uh, officially affiliated with uh, the Walt Disney World uh, Corporation in any way. But it is. It's exclusively for Disney World employees. In fact, I asked uh, when I was there, I said, well, do you have anyone who works for Universal Studios? You know, Universal is this other huge theme park kind of right down the road. So you have anyone from Universal Studios that goes to your church? And he just was like, no, no, you don't get it. We, we're, we're just for Disney World employees, which, yeah, part of it is when you have uh, 70,000 em- uh, employees in one spot, it, it's it's not that uh, unusual. I mean, that's the size of, you know, Canton, Ohio, or some other kind of big cities in the, in the country. Uh, but on the other hand, it is it is one, it is just one company. So that you're t- and the people who go there are all within, uh, uh, you know, five years of each other. So uh, because it's, it tends to draw from like recent college graduates and in some cases college students. So the question I was asking in this story is one of the questions uh, is kind of how homogenous how how you know, how, do, how homogenous can a church be, or how diverse does a church have to be, uh, and, still, and still be a church? You know, do you, what kind of diversity do you need uh, before, you know, Paul talks about, you know, the, the, the what, you know, foot cannot say to the hand, you know, I have no need of you. No, not all the church can be a foot. Well, if, if you all work for one company, if you're all about the same age, is that still a church? Uh, so that's one of the questions that I, I explored in this article. Well, it's fascinating. Okay, so then the Evangelical Free Church in America and a pastor that you talk about who's featured in your article, a pastor by the name of Steve Barr, uh, this this is essentially a church plant by the E-Free Church, right? Right, it is. Uh, it's a part of a, a growing trend that's uh, not just in the E-Free Church, but is uh, happening across uh, across the country, what they call micro-churches. So now it used to be a few years ago, if you wanted to target, let's say, uh, you know, rodeo workers, or you wanted to go, you know, uh, target, you know, surfers or bowlers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you would, you would have like a ministry in your big church. You'd have, you know, some people who were interested in that, and they would go, and they'd, 
you know, do evangelistic ministry and try to get people to come to, you know, your big church. The trend now is very much for there to be churches that aren't sending people back to some bigger church, but for, for that community that's kind of connected around a passion of one thing to be kind of a small, what they call this micro church, and it's happening all over the place. This is one of the only examples I found where it's really focused on right. um, a work-based thing. But I think, I think we'll see growing work-based uh, churches uh, in the future. I mean, we've had them in one sense for a long time, and there's a lot of like military-based based churches, right? But, you know, when you talk about something like Disney World or, or, or you know, if there was a Google church or an Amazon church, uh, you know, those, those would be surprising to us. I see. So this is curious because we're talking about specialization, and this is something that we've seen in all sorts of sectors, whether we're talking about factory workers or we're talking about IT or we're talking about management or even, you know, places people choose to live. But this is really like ultra specialization in where people would choose to worship or from the other perspective, where people would choose to plant a church. Right. And there's going to be all the, you know, I looked at uh, this one church, cast member church. They're all in on the Disney thing. I mean, when he gives sermons, he's pulling from, you know, Disney movie examples. He's talking about Disney princesses. He's talking about uh, plot lines and unrelating all this stuff to the gospel. I mean, very he's a very gospel-centered church. I'm I'm really impressed with this church. But there are other churches that are that are targeting uh, Disney World employees. Um, one of them is called uh, Mosaic at Walt Disney World. They meet uh, on on campus uh, in, at a local hotel, um, and it's uh, it's a little less like Disneyfied. But there's still a lot of Disney references. And then you have another one that meets in Celebration, Florida, where you hardly are going to hear any Disney references at all. It's a place you go to almost get away from, almost get away from your work. But those kind of different approaches, I think, uh, are examples of, you know, if you think about um, the way in which we relate to our neighborhoods or our country. You know, some churches are uh, extremely kind of God and country focused. Some of them you're not going to have, an, you know, or having an American flag in your congregation would be verboten. But that question of how much, if you're trying to target people living in this place uh, and, and, and operating in this place, do you want to uh, be connected and, and really talk a lot about that place? Uh, that's, that's a big question I think, I think every church has to deal with. Ted Olson's with us. His uh, cover story in Christianity Today, Meet the Mini Church, What Happens When You Plant a Church for Employees of Just One Company. So, Ted, what I found really fascinating, you started the article off with his pastor, Steve Barr. And now, of course, Disney has rules about evangelizing and praying on Disney property. But essentially, this pastor, the way that you've sketched it, is that he walks around and he knows members of his church who are, you know, uh, Disney princesses, and he is on Disney property, and he just checks in. He says, hey, how are you doing? How are things? He's having a conversation like any pastor would, but, you know, it's not on church property. I'm surprised that Disney even allows something like that, even though there is not, you know, outward praying, but they do allow some sort of, there's a leeway here to have the gospel shared in a lighter way. Right. Uh, he he's very uh, careful about uh, the rules and and to follow those and, and to not interrupt people's uh, work days um, and to not do you know outright uh, you know evangelism uh, during you know uh, on on what they call uh, on stage which is kind of uh, the the out front uh, world there um, but uh, but yeah he he walks he greets people he he is a he is a presence there he's someone. Uh, who is known? Uh, he there was uh, recently, uh, shortly uh, 
before I did my reporting trip, uh, there had been a, a death there where uh, a young uh, woman uh, had been uh, hit by a, a bus. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he was someone that they knew, like, this this is the kind of person that we can uh, have do, you know, uh, the memorial service, but also someone who, as students are having, you know, trouble processing that, uh, who can offer some kind of pastoral advice. So he's he, he's got that ministry of presence. But it's very, but it's very cognizant. Like these folks are on the clock, and and also, you know, they're service workers, so they have to keep smiling and nodding and engaging you in conversation. So he's mm-hmm. he's very careful that he doesn't want to, you know, over over overstay his welcome uh, with with them as well. And we're talking about people that most likely are going to work at Disney World for between six months and a year. Right. That's one of the amazing things. I mean, imagine a church where you knew. That almost all of your church was going to be, you know, gone. That's in crazy. Average of nine months. Uh, so it, there's massive turnover, and it's very young. So you have a lot of energy over a short amount of time. Not much time to offer discipleship, but also I think this is also like one of the most formative times of these students' lives. They are they are really uh, deciding who they are going to be, and so it's it's a hugely strategic time to be uh, to be ministering to to these folks and also helping them. You know, one of the big questions that came up in this story is like the relationship between work and discipleship. And so, you know, these are folks who are kind of eager to work these 80-hour work weeks. I mean, not, you know, illegal, you know, uh, but, you know, they're, they're, they're giving it their all uh, in, in this time and deciding, you know, how much, you know, how much of my life do I give to, to my, uh, you know, paying vocation and how much and how does that relate to giving my life to Jesus? Hmm. Those are important questions at that stage. But, you know, we have we have to answer in our 40s, 50s and 60s as well. So, Ted, as I'm reading your article in CT, uh, I was thinking back to a film that I saw last year called The Florida Project. Are you familiar with this movie? I am. I am familiar with that. So for our, for our listeners, the premise of the Florida Project, in some ways it almost feels like a documentary. But, you know, there in the middle of the Florida Project is Orlando, Florida. And, of course, you know, Disney World and, and all that universal, like you're talking, all these theme attractions. And then around that are all these people that maybe some are working poor, some are living in what I would call welfare motels, people that are sort of on the far fringes of society. And so, Ted, as I'm, I'm reading your article and reading about those kids who show up of a certain age, they're staying for a short amount of time, they're working really hard, and of course, to, to apply for a job and then to finally get your plum job, you've got to be a super geek about Disney. But, you know, eventually, there is that far fringe that they're involved in. You know, the fairyland princess world exists only within the Disney confines, and quickly outside of the gates, there can be a lot of chaos and a lot of heartbreak. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that all the churches talk to me about uh, is this idea, even within Disney, of kind of losing losing your pixie dust. Um, you know, uh, so a number of, you know, the, in, in any kind of Hollywood uh, or, you know, just, you know, even any kind of show business world, but especially, I think, in the Disney world, you, you can become disillusioned fairly, fairly quickly, especially if this is your dream job. Right. You know, dreams, uh, dreams can fade pretty quick. And so how you minister to folks who are losing their pixie dust and, or who are encountering really difficult times all of a sudden, isolated from, you know, their family and, and friends from back home. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, those are difficult questions that each of these churches is kind of addressing a little bit differently. But I will say back to the question about, you know, kind of the what's going on outside the gates of Disney. Um, 
cast member church is pretty clear that they are a church for Disney World employees and that the Disney World world is really different than the Orlando or Central Florida world. Sure. Like it yeah. is it is its own it is its own thing. And mm-hmm. they're like, We love Orlando, but we're really focused on Disney World. I see. Some of the other churches are you know, trying to bridge this one I talked about, Mosaic, they have two campuses. So one's more of an Orlando-focused uh, uh, campus, and one is more of a Walt Disney World campus. And the questions that church is trying to reach is, yeah, what, how do you bridge kind of fantasy land and uh, real-world land? And how do we make sure these kids uh, are encountering, um, you know, the the hard realities of, of, of lifetime discipleship after this magical moment? Uh, and so th- those are the questions there. Ted Olson's with us, editorial director of Christianity Today. Um, and we're talking about a terrific piece he wrote. It's the cover story this month called Meet the Mini Church. What happens when you plan a church for employees of just one company? And we've been talking about Walt. Mini, M-I-N-N-I-E. Right. It's not the yeah. M-I-N-I. It's the M-I-N-N-I-E. Like Mickey church. and Minnie. Exactly. Yeah, right. um, so, Ted, so let's broaden our perspective a little bit and just talk about how these trends in church planting are going. And maybe it's really a trend in how we're looking at churches. So you mentioned in your article that a couple decades ago, when people were surveyed, they would say, you know, I want to grow up, I want to get a job, I want to get married, I want to have kids, I want to have a house. But now, a, a recent Wall Street Journal NBC News poll found a massive corresponding shift in American values that leans towards young people saying, I want to have a career, I want it to be meaningful, I want it to be cool, you know, I want to make a difference, I want to be one of those people we see. It seems like an every TV show where you see people who are young, attractive, thin, in shape, and all they do is work. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. That, there's a phrase that the uh, the Atlantic has used a few times uh, to talk about this called workism. And really, they're talking about it in a religious sense, that, that work is, is entering into the space that uh, the Christianity or religion more broadly used to be. People are finding identity uh, at work. They're finding meaning transcendence, you know, community, the sense of, uh, you know, come here and change the world. I mean, that is, you know, Silicon Valley, every Silicon Valley company has some sort of, you know, change the world through, you know, coding uh, kind of phrasing. You know, a few years ago, we talked about third places, you know, the, you know, how, you know, you had places like Starbucks talking about themselves as a third place. You had work as the first place and home as the second place. And there are these warm, welcoming third places well, now work is really becoming, you know, the single place, uh, especially, as you said, for, for single people, um, where people are working there all hours and their friendship circles are all based around work circles uh, and they're finding meaning there. So the question is, how will the church respond to that? Uh, you know, and I think, I think uh, Cast Member Church does offer an entry into that where I think you will see churches try to directly engage employees as employees. You know, for most of us, we go to church and we kind of uh, take off our, our work hat when we're at church. And there's, there, there's kind of like, you might kind of know what people do for a living, uh, but a lot of us don't know what the person next to us in the pew does for a living. At cast member church, by golly, you know, and everybody there wants you to know because they are super passionate about that. Right. So I mean, how much do you how much do you engage that, and how much do you uh, fight against that? That's what churches are going to have to address. Right. I mean, it's not often you get to worship with Goofy, Pluto, and Snow White. <laughs> yeah, and one interesting thing I found out reporting this is like those folks are not allowed to say that they're Goofy and Snow White. They 
they you know you there it is it is extremely verboten if you are a a character to uh, ever talk about being a character it's very interesting that's fascinating well ted really i mean i, I never considered this i never did either it's a really interesting well done piece of reporting yeah. so kudos to you and to ct uh, to peel back the layer in some ways on disney world well thanks so much yeah it was a really fun story to do and and uh you know, uh, it's always fun when you want to, You can say something about our church and get to go ride on some fun rides while you're reporting. So that's good for you. That's a, a, a blessing of working at CT. So there Fabulous. You go. Yeah. Thanks an awful lot, Ted. Ted Olson, as we said, meet the mini church. M I N N I E. What happens when you plan a church for employees of just one company? The cover story in this month's Christianity Today. It may not be stomach issues. For me, it's intense gas or pain or diarrhea, sometimes all at once, over and over. I spent years with the symptoms but could never figure it out. No matter what I did, they never went away. So I decided to break it down for my doctor and get really specific about my symptoms. We discovered that exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, may be the reason for my stomach issues. EPI is caused by my pancreas. It leads to diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. The symptoms just don't go away. But EPI can show up with even one symptom. The good news? EPI is manageable. But to get to the right diagnosis, you have to break it down for your doctor and get specific about the severity of your symptoms. Visit IdentifyEPI.com to learn more and use the symptom checker to help change the conversation with your doctor. Brought to you by AbbVie. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade with over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Shalom. Guess where I was a couple days ago. Hi, this is Abraham Sandler from Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation, and I had dinner in Israel with a great view of the Sea of Galilee. Imagine yourself looking over the waters that Jesus walked upon and calmed with just his voice. How would you like to experience Israel with a Jewish believer like me? Tour Israel with us and spend time with Jesus and his people in his land. More info at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. The Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection, a diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark, beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at indeed.com slash hire. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off from school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. 
Increasing clouds tonight with a shower in some spots toward daybreak, low 39. Tomorrow, periods of rain in the morning. Then that rain will mix with and change over to some snow later in the afternoon as it turns colder. We'll have an early high of 43 tomorrow. Snow will come to an end early tomorrow evening, leaving behind a slippery coating. Low tomorrow night, 24. Then for Friday, a spotty snow shower for the morning, high 37 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Big day. What's uh, this Wednesday is a big day? No, Today? D- no, this exact day. What's going on? This exact day is a big day. Tell me. Well, something really monumental happened 36 years ago today. It's like a this day in history, John. Yes. Oh, I know that theme. Do you? Oh, yeah. It's a theme to Stranger Things. 36 years ago today, John, Will Byers disappeared. Wait, I, I know nothing about this. I it don't all know. started. What are you talking about? Okay, so you watched the first season of Stranger Things. Yeah, like maybe. Okay, the very first night yeah. that they oh, were with Will, oh, 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 and he oh, took oh. off on the bike, and he got scared. It was raining. Right. He was in the woods, just at the beginning of the woods. He ran. He Boom. ran off the bike. No one saw him again. That happened in 1983, <laughs> 36 years ago today. Okay, that's today. really interesting. All right, so now now I left that that series after uh, season one. I tried to get involved in season two. It just didn't connect for me. Oh my but God. you and Mike, you know, you're sort of on yeah. this like white on rice. Is there three seasons yes. now? Yes, there is, mm-hmm. and a fourth is coming up soon. Really, and three. It's so good. It is so good. I would put it in my top five, maybe top three favorite tv shows really? ever wow. really that's really? how much that's how much i like stranger that's things awful really that's... i absolutely love it the reason i love it is it combines to me several core things that i love yeah which is great story yes number two is heroism of kids mm-hmm. and this tv show does it better than anything and the third one humor it has well-placed humor just enough to take you out of the angst of it without removing you completely from the suspense. Yeah. Okay, but here's the it's weird thing. It's really beautifully done. So when I saw it, like these were kids who were like 13, 12, 13 years of age. Now they're like, what are they, 18? No, 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 they're not that old. Okay. They're not that old. I mean, I would say that they're probably, in the last season, they looked like they were 16. 16. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it, of course, they progress, right? I mean, the timeline right. progress. Yeah, because, yeah. Because you know, all of a sudden they're like someone sporting yeah, a little mustache. It, you know, they had to do, <laughs> they had to do Stranger Things the same way they had to do Harry Potter. Like they had to do Harry Potter fast because those kids were going to grow up. Sure. So they had to they had to move the production schedule fast. You know, put smash it together as much as they could so that they could make it really right. work. All those movies, those kids lived on set, right? And they're doing the same thing with Stranger Things. All right, cool. All right. So today is an anniversary. Listen, day. if you've never watched Stranger Things, how about tonight? Make it do it. Make it your goal tonight to have some nachos on National Nacho yes. Day and just start watching Stranger Things. All right, very nice. Hey, we'll take a break, come back. The Reverend Kurt Bjorklund from uh, Orchard Hill Church I'm will join us. I'm going to ask him if he watched Stranger Things. Okay. I'm asking Kurt. The end of year Christian Christmas fundraiser. What's that all what? about? Fundraising. That's next. 
101.5 WORD. Next time on The Journey with Ron Moore. Let's just take time to reflect. God has given you and me this one and only life. Soon be over. It's going fast. How do we want to make it count for Christ? What do you want written on your tombstone? Hello, this is Ron Moore, pastor of the Bible Chapel here in Pittsburgh. I invite you to join us on the journey each morning at 1130 on 101.5 Word FM. The Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates are successful sports teams because they have a plan and they stick to it. Before their games even start, they know what they want to do and how they're going to do it. The same is true in retirement. Do you have a game plan or are you just going to wing it when that day comes? I'm Ethan Lane, Associate Advisor at Accurate Solutions Group, where we strictly focus on retirement planning. We help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. Give our team a call now to start building your own retirement blueprint. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Don't be unprepared. At Accurate Solutions Group, we can help build you a plan to get you to and through retirement successfully. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. At Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. Voted best in Pittsburgh for joint regenerative medicine. To see if ABT is right for you, talk to a doctor 24-7 at 412-851-3811. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. Call 412-851-3811 now. Homeowners love their Pella windows and doors, and we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. It's Susan Wallet. I just have to tell you, this bay window is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic. It really is beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, save $150 off windows and $500 off doors or 48 months no interest. Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. Call 888-78-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. Tis the season. You know, once you hear the Christmas songs. What? No, it's not the season. It's, it's close to the season. I don't want it to be the season. Yet. Well, Mike's already the season in Mike's house. Listen, so in Mike's world, it. I think once Labor Day's over, right. he's going to start to sing the Jingle Bell song. Well, Amen. okay, so right after Thanksgiving Day. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? We're close. The Christmas season is close upon us. And, of course, churches have their own mindset about the end of year and Christmas. Here to talk to us about that is the Reverend uh, Kirk Bjorklund, who joins us from Orchard Hill Church. Hey, Kirk, thanks for coming along today. How are you doing? Good afternoon. I'm well. Excellent. Kirk, you're not already thinking about Christmas. Oh, absolutely. Sure. For Orchard Hill, there's no way around it. Yeah. Personally, not at all. Uh, okay, I won't good. listen to Christmas music. Uh, I have thought a little bit about gifts for some family members, but that's about now it. the 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 Christmas Eve thing at Orchard Hill 
requires us to plan early. Fifteen yeah. services in Wexford and a couple in the Strip, a couple in Butler. So it'll be, I think, 19 Christmas Eve services this year. Unbelievable. So it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're thinking about it anyway. <laughs> when it's all said and done, Kirk, you must like go to January 1 and go, give me a seat. It is a good uh, day to uh, rest on Christmas Day after uh, yeah. after some of that. But, yeah, it's a fun time. Just I'm sure. Just fun to see so many people come. I mean, when you do what I do, and so many people are engaged in it at our church who are passionate about the mission. That's cool. To be able to tell that many people about Jesus is just a joy. That's fabulous. Okay, so along with that, right, as long as, you know, Christmas comes, there's also, you know, a piece of that engine of what it is to, to run a church. There's also fundraising, right? The end of the year appeal. Yeah. Well, there is. And, and I actually was thinking more about it in general. I don't, I don't know about you, but I certainly from early October on, just get inundated with invitations to galas, fundraisers, yeah. personal appeals, uh, for all kinds of things that I care about and are worthy causes, and I would love to be part of. Um, in fact, there's more things I'd like to invest in than I feel like I can. And so, um, in fact, I was counting the other day, and I counted over 30 personal appeals. That's not form letters. That's like from people I know saying, hey, could you help with this? Would you be engaged in this? And I just started to think about the weight of so many people this time of year, and even if it's two or three appeals, of what do I do with the resources I have, and how do I decide how to allocate those those resources? Yeah. And that's a very particular mm-hmm. thing, right? Because th- this season, right, once the kids are back in school up until Christmas, and, you know, it, it does go off, it, of course, in the, se- in the first part of the, uh, the, the new year as well. But this, this time of year especially, everyone's doing a gala, there's an event, there's a speaker, there's a concert, and everyone, you know, needs a little something. Of course, you know, to be a believer is to be part of that mechanism, part of that energy, because the gospel does need to be pushed forward. And, of course, that takes man and women power along with that. So you don't want to be a, a naysayer to a lot of this. But at the same time, you've got to sort of, you know, count things where they are and make sure that you're given well and effectively to where your money goes into great resources. Well, if... The causes sound worthy, and they generally do, or you wouldn't be inclined to be part of it. There's also a responsibility to ask, uh, is this helping long-term, or is this not helping? And I was given a book recently by a friend called The Shrewd Samaritan uh, by a man named Bruce Wydick, and I hadn't been familiar with it, and he is in the philanthropy world, and he really works through a helpful rubric for thinking about not just doing almsgiving or ineffective giving or even destructive giving, uh, but really trying to do something that's effective. And and it really resonated with me because I think sometimes we can think, well, if there's a need and somebody presents it in a compelling way, if I give to it, then I'm doing a good thing. But sometimes you can give to something and it can actually have the opposite impact of what you actually want it to do. Hmm. Uh, All right, give us an example. Yeah, give us an example. The the classic example is somebody sitting by the side of the road and they're in need and you give them money and it facilitates them going and buying alcohol or something. Sure. Um, And so sometimes what happens is you drive by it and you say, well, I don't know if I want to help that. 
But then you say, well, if the person's that desperate, is there another way I can help? Can I give them money that's a gift card for a restaurant or for a grocery store so that they at least get food or something? But that's the classic example. Um, There was another book that was written a few years ago when uh, Helping Hurts. And again, the whole premise was that sometimes what happens is, is especially Americans giving from more affluent areas to less affluent areas, whether it's geographically in another part of the world or even in our own cities, that what we can do is we can give in a way that undermines motivation or even the market uh, and creates almost a dependence on the giving, which becomes destructive, ultimately, rather than equipping somebody with, with skills. I mean, there's the old adage about, would you rather buy somebody a fish or teach them to fish? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I don't know that that's a super helpful thought process other than to say, sometimes it's better to step back and say, what can I do to help somebody in a different way? I saw this really firsthand a few years ago. Our church was involved in Haiti. It's maybe a decade ago or so, and we're still involved. And there was one particular area there where there were a lot of people coming from Pittsburgh trying to kind of um, help bring resources. And what I saw starting to happen, and we were guilty of this too, is we wanted to do a project. So we would say, well, we'll do this. And the people there would say, sure. And the next thing you know, you're doing a project that they don't necessarily want. They just right. don't say no to. Right. And you didn't actually help them. And in fact, you created a dependence on your giving rather than helping them um, come to a point where they Mm -hmm. say, this is what we need, and we're empowered by it, we're helped by it, and we're motivated uh, Mm -hmm. to do something else by it. And the best giving is giving that that achieves those things, rather than simply helps. Now, there is a time just to give alms. In other words, to say, I'm just giving something because it helps somebody, and may not do all those other things. But but if you can, can give to those, and and in this book, The Shrewd Samaritan, he goes through and gives a rubric, and we don't have time to get into it now, but to really look at organizations and try to understand how your giving is doing one of those things. Mm-hmm. And he goes through and helps you be able to, to identify what's a high-impact versus a low-impact organization. And again, just because I get so many appeals, it became very helpful for me personally to be able to say, uh, what am I giving to now? I, sometimes I'm still going to give because there's a relationship and I want to be supportive, but, but not maybe at the same level I would of something that feels like it's really effective. Interesting. I mean, it, it is so complex. And of course, you know, the, the industry, and it is an industry, I'm sure many billions of dollars, you know, fundraising for nonprofits or whatnot. There's all sorts of layers of complexity and emotional mm-hmm. overtones. And then, you know, to go beyond that, when you think about, you know, Christians and that appeal, of course, the gospel involved in that, and you want to do the right thing, you want to make sure that there's integrity involved in the organization, that as you say, the money is spent, that it doesn't re- you know, require or create dependency and all that. So you know, for you, is there in some way, Kurt, that you know, it's, it's an informed decision, it's also a holy decision, and a gut decision, all those things working together in synchronicity? Yes. Um, what I find is that I have to be more careful with my gut than I think I do. Mm. Uh, and what I mean by that is I think a lot of times I tend to be intuitive. If, you know, if I took the Myers-Briggs, I'm an N. So I tend to think I can 
intuit what I should do or work on my gut. Right. And sometimes what I found is that is that people who make good presentations and emotional presentations can get me to feel like it's a good thing. And then when I dig deeper, it may not be. Let me give you another example. Years ago, and this is when I was at a church before Orchard Hill, when I was a young pastor just starting out, I set out to visit all of the missionaries that the church supported. I didn't quite make it to the one in the Fiji Islands, but I made it to the uh, to, to all the domestics and close bys. And there was one who was uh, able to raise money beautifully, made great presentation, and I got to the ministry there on a university campus, and they had four full-time staff people. And I just started to say, well, you know, tell me about your meetings. How many kids come? How how many people are you working with? And this and that. And it ended up they had four full-time staff people for three students that year. Oh, my gosh. And and I remember saying to them, I said, yeah, I wouldn't have this in our student ministry. Like, we wouldn't employ four people to, to reach three people. Um, so why is that okay in missions giving? And the answer in some ways was because nobody asked the question. They simply made a good emotional presentation, told a story about the one person who was being reached. And everybody said, this is great. Let's keep funding it. Wow. And, and, and so that, that was part of you know, my early awakening to everybody who can tell a compelling story. Um, is not necessarily um, uh, it's not necessarily a good act of my own stewardship to give mm-hmm. to that, and that's where my gut can be wrong. Because if you had asked me before I set out on all the trips and fact finding, I would have said, "Oh my goodness, this is one of the for sure keeps." And uh, and then when I got into it, it, it was clear that that was not good resource allocation. That's good. Right. Those are the important questions that I think we have to ask, Kirk, and I appreciate you thinking of that. I know John and I talk about that often. Say, look, if we're going to ask you to give money, we need to ask you to give money to a place that's going to use it to the very best of their ability. And um, you're thinking the same thing. I appreciate that. Yeah, we sure do. It's very complex. That's uh, Reverend uh, Kirk Bjorkland, Senior Pastor at Orchard Hill Church. Orchard Hill Today is heard uh, daily here on Word FM. Thanks, Kurt. Always a pleasure to have you with us. This is Jim Nalepa. As a West Point graduate and a combat veteran of the 82nd Airborne Division, I want to salute all of our brave Pennsylvania veterans on this Veterans Day, November the 11th. Our veterans fought to keep America free and to liberate millions around the world from oppression. Yet today, we see many who refuse to honor our flag and stand for our national anthem. They dishonor our founders and even want to remove Christian crosses from our military cemeteries. We need to elect political leaders who will protect our God-given freedoms. That's why veterans and people of faith need to register to vote. Registering in Pennsylvania is easy. You can do it online. Just go to votespa.com. That's votespa.com. Paid for by Patriotic Veterans, a nonprofit tax-exempt committee. Visit us at www.patrioticveterans.org. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. 
For example, my pillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all my pillows. That's right. Buy one my pillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all my pillow products come with a 60-day money back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's my pillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all my pillow products including the buy one get one free for all my pillows. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. Does Christian education mean less opportunity for your child in areas like the arts? At Trinity Christian School, it actually means more. With two theatrical productions each year and a musical every other year, plus choir and band starting in fourth and fifth grade, led by accomplished teachers like David Minifield of Saltworks Theater and band director Joe Petron of the McKeesport Symphony and Duquesne University. Opportunity awaits at Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville can help protect your vehicle against anything the elements throw at it, like spray-on bed liners to create a permanent lifetime barrier against impact, moisture, and corrosion. Their TST Rust Remedy covers stuff your manufacturer warranty doesn't, like road salt, and fall detail to safeguard your paint job, your tires, your interior against winter's worst damage. And did I mention Extreme now offers custom graphics? Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Democratic presidential candidate Kamala Harris is proposing something... Well... Unusual? Yeah. Odd. Yeah. But some would say, you know, forward thinking. And I might say just wrongheaded. I think it's ridiculous and would turn society kind of upside down. Kamala Harris is proposing extending the school day to 6 p.m. in an effort to align the schedules of students and their working parents. Okay, now this is this is a program that exists in a lot of school districts anyway right it's an after school program which is excellent yeah um i was in houston earlier in the year with save the children and save the children sponsors um a good amount of support for after school programs in communities where kids are going to be home by themselves and so they'll do an after school program which includes time to do homework it'll include a snack it'll include phys ed it'll include you know learning support whatever it is that a kid would need which is great and take them up up until six it helps working families right okay but here's the thing i i think that's different than what kamala harris is talking about because she's talking about an official end to the school program at six o'clock now the 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 school i was in you don't have to stay for that after school program because it's a different thing you can if you want she's talking about actually extending the school day to to 6 p.m she's going to release a bill uh today which asserts that quote aligning school and work schedules is an economic growth and child development strategy. Hmm. A test run of the program will provide up to $5 million each over five years to 500 schools attended mostly by kids from low-income families, funding that will help the schools experiment with longer schedules that match up with the typical workday. Weekends, federal holidays, and emergencies would be the only days schools would not be open to students. Here's what I say about that, though. Basically, what we're doing is we are letting schools raise our kids. Right. 
which, again, happens more often than not in I today's know, world. But do we want it to happen in today's no, world? No. I recognize that there are problems with scheduling and that sort of thing. But I think we also have to ask ourselves that important question. Are we willing to offload that most personal and most important task right. to the school? So, again, she's going to do a, quote, experiment. And I guess we'll see how that works out. WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. At a gathering at the White House today, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham expressed appreciation to President Trump for persevering with last year's confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh to the U.S. Supreme Court. Brett Kavanaugh lived a life we should all be proud of. He worked hard. And the way he was treated was the worst experience I've had in politics. A lot of people would have pulled the plug on him. Mr. President, thank you for not pulling the plug. Senator Graham went on to say the conservatives will remember President Trump's accomplishment when they vote a year from now in 2020. Meanwhile, pundits are commenting on yesterday's elections in places like Virginia, where Democrats took hold of both the legislative and executive branches, and Kentucky, where the governor's race is still up in the air. On Wall Street, the Dow down by a fraction. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from the Springhouse. Trade pros. Whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job, which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over a 1,000 locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and same or next day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit ferguson.com to find a counter location near you. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom-made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a -a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how 
at trinityjewelers.com. I have never had a female dentist. I started to have problems with a tooth, and I thought, you know what? I'll just go once. David remembers his first visit with Dr. Megan Stock. I had such a good time that I'm surprised they allowed me to come back because I had a lot of things that needed to be fixed. She makes you feel so calm and so comfortable. She's just terrific at what she does. I have had no discomfort at all with anything that she's done. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Do you enjoy helping others? Consider a career at Accessibilities Home and Community Services. As a leading provider of in-home care for people with disabilities since 1954, Accessibilities is dedicated to quality care. Flexible schedules, 100% employer-paid health premiums, competitive dental and vision plans, and paid time off are just a few reasons to consider Accessibilities. Visit Accessibilities.org or call 724-832-8272 today. Accessibilities is an equal opportunity employer. Increasing clouds tonight with a shower in some spots toward daybreak, low 39. Tomorrow, periods of rain in the morning. Then that rain will mix with and change over to some snow later in the afternoon as it turns colder. We'll have an early high of 43 tomorrow. Snow will come to an end early tomorrow evening, leaving behind a slippery coating. Low tomorrow night, 24. Then for Friday, a spotty snow shower for the morning, high 37 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, welcome. Thanks for coming along for the 5 o'clock hour of the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. The sun is setting, and I wonder, you know, as the day changes, if the uh, the, the light, or lack thereof, has somehow affected the daily commute. I what think, do you think? W- well, I know that when the light is at that certain, like, angle... Mm-hmm. You're completely blinded. Oh, yeah. When I left the house this morning at like, uh, I don't know, it was a little before 8 o'clock. Yeah. The angle, was, I, I had to stop the car and say, you know what, I'm just not able to drive at this point. What did you just, do? There was no, I, I, I was on my street. I just oh, okay. pulled over and I thought, okay, I think we need to take a minute here. For how long? I waited about 10 minutes. Oh, hey, that's really that good, good of you. But you know what that gave me an opportunity to do? Hmm. Get the ice off my windshield. Yeah. Right, I had right, to right. scrape my car this morning. yeah. yeah. That was really upset, but that, that's not why I'm here. Okay. Why, why? That's not why I'm here to talk why about that. Why are you here? Why I'm here right now, I'm kind of curious myself. Is to talk about a stressful commute. Because oh. the light can be difficult. I've, of course, mm. I hated having to you know, scrape off my car today. But yep. CBS News reports that a lot of people are finding not their job stressful, but their actual trip to get to their job mm. stressful. You know that's bad then, right? If you're, if you're having trouble with your commute to get to your stressful job. That's the, rough. The survey from professional staffing agency Robert Half shows 45% of the people say that their trip to the office is too long. 50% say their commute to work is stressful. Really? Where do you fall? Do you say it's too long and stressful? No, I don't say either one. I don't either. Really? Okay, so your commute, when you come in here, it, you don't feel like it's too long? No. Okay, and you don't feel like it's stressful? No. Mike? Too long, too stressful? Not at all. Really? No. Okay. So all three of us together. Now, that could have to do with the fact that we are doing an afternoon drive show, and so we don't have to be driving during normal rush rush hour. hour. But we go home during rush hour. Yeah, but we go home during the tail end of rush hour. I guess you're right, right, right. I mean, we are in it, but we're not in the heart of it. Right. Okay, so how long is your commute? 
11 minutes. 11. Generally, if there's like the traffic is good, 15. Okay. Mike? Me, around 9 to 10 minutes oh. if, the tra- if there's no traffic. Look at we us. are living a charmed we are. existence. We are. Okay, now look, if you're like in L.A. or New York okay. City okay. or any place like that, I've forget it. I've got some it. facts. You're living in your car. I've got facts. Okay. Uh, Washington, D.C., mm. the average commuting time is 65.8 minutes. Oh, that's ridiculous. Okay. New York, 60.8 minutes. Ouch. And Houston, 59.1 mm. minutes. No, thank you. So Washington, D.C. has the longest commute, which is no surprise if no. you've traveled. I've been on the Beltway. If you've traveled Horrible. there, the worst. it's a nightmare. And, of course, you know the same thing about New York. I was in Houston uh, only about three or four months ago, but I wasn't anywhere on the you know Mega freeway topless. thing. So I don't, yeah. really, I don't really know how okay, that so, works. So say your job starts at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. and you've got, what, 65-minute commute. Yes. Are you getting up like at 5? Maybe. Or Listen, 5.30? my uh, brother-in-law lives in Fairfax, Virginia, and works in D.C. And so he drives his car to the bus stop mm. in the morning. He takes a bus that takes him to the metro. Then he gets on the metro. Then he gets off the metro, gets on another bus to get to work. He's going to transfer. Oh. <laughs> it's the worst. That's horrible. Don't you pity him? Yes. God bless him. Oh, that's the worst. That is a lot so look at us. We're like in the pink yes. by comparison. Okay, so th- the cities that are the worst for stressful commute. Are you yeah. ready? Okay, sure. Now, I just read to you the ones that are the longest commute. Okay. Washington, D.C., New York, and Houston. Mm-hmm. Most stressful commute. Number five, Phoenix, Arizona. Really? Phoenix, Arizona? It's a dry heat. In the desert. Why are they all worried? I don't know. Number four, L.A. Mm, oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah, see that. Listen, I was in L.A. not too long ago. Mm. I, it was 930 at night. And I was mm-hmm. stopped. Stopped. How yep. can you be stopped? Because it's L.A. Ca- Have you seen those? And the cool thing in L.A. is when they break up, the, the cop cars go from lane to lane. And they go across like six lanes to slow everybody down, back things up. And they create a space between, you know, the front of the line and the back of the line. And all of a sudden, boom, there's this big space and the cop car takes off. It's super cool. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh, really cool. That was not happening when I was there. Number three, Austin, Texas. Really? They have such good music. Why are they so stressed out? Number two, San Diego. Mm. All that beautiful weather, and you're stressed out in traffic. Okay, here's the number one most stressed out city yeah. for traffic, for commuting. Mm. Miami. Oh, my gosh. Get on your boat. Don't they have other things to focus on? I guess not. You good know. grief. All they right. got music. They got sunshine. They have ocean. Again, why is it good to live in Pittsburgh? Any number of wonderful reasons. Plus a pierogi. WORD. God bless everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for for 2020? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. You can even enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas. God bless us. God bless us. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Go to wordfm.com slash contests. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier 
premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's an excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. At Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. Voted best in Pittsburgh for joint regenerative medicine. To see if ABT is right for you, talk to a doctor 24-7 at 412-851-3811. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. Call 412-851-3811 now. We will never fully understand what we've asked of our military service members or their families, asking them to put themselves in harm's way to endure it all. But we do understand that it's our turn, our duty, to keep them secure for the rest of their lives. Wounded Warrior Project long-term support programs help our most severely ill or injured veterans live independently, at no cost for life, so that they might stand at ease. Join us at findwwp.org. Dr. Paul Kengor is with us. Paul Kengor is the Senior Director and Chief Academic Fellow for the Center for Vision and Values and Professor of Political Science at Grove City College. Uh, Paul is the author of over a dozen books, including the New York Times bestseller, God and Ronald Reagan. His latest is Reagan's Legacy in a World Transformed, which he co-authored with uh, Jeffrey Chitster. And uh, Paul, welcome to the show. You're here today to talk to us because unveiling right now in the city of Pittsburgh across five theaters here in the city is a brand new film. Yeah, thanks, John and Kathy. Good, Good to talk to you both again. The, we have a film that's called The Divine Plan, and The Divine Plan is about Ronald Reagan and Pope John Paul II. So it's, it's a film done by Robert Orlando, a good friend of mine, and I, I'd worked with him in the past on, on different film projects. He, he came to Grove City College in April 2017 and saw, in fact, you guys might have even been at that conference. I'm not, I'm not sure, but it, it was it was our conference on the 100th anniversary of communism. Yep, so we're there. looking back at mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 it was my first public presentation on my book, A Pope and a President, which was on John Paul II and Ronald Reagan. And uh, Rob was in the audience. He was watching it, and he came up after after my talk, 
and said, hey, has anybody purchased the film rights to, to that book? And I said, well, yeah, actually somebody did. My, it's um, my friend Scott Sander in Pittsburgh and his, his group Ponce Productions. But I said to him, I said, but look, you know, you're, you know, you're free to do your own thing if you want. I, you know, if you, I mean, it doesn't preclude you from going out and doing a film documentary on Ronald Reagan and John Paul II on, on your own if you want. So, so he did. And two years later, after interviewing myself, boy, uh, George Weigel, Douglas Brinkley, the editor of the Reagan Diaries, mm-hmm. who else? Uh, Bishop Robert Barron, Cardinal Timothy Dolan, all the top Reagan scholars, John Paul II biographers. I think he interviewed 14 people altogether. He came up with this this fascinating, and I mean, this is this is really well done. You, you guys, you guys will be surprised. I think you really will, especially the artistic quality of of this film. It's not just a straight like historical documentary, and it focuses not ju- not just on the history between Reagan and John Paul II, but 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 the deeper theology and the notion of you know, is there a divine plan for each of us? How do we especially in this kind of, I hate to say it, but post-Christendom America, right? Almost a post-Christian America that I'm afraid that we're in right now, where, where there are so many nuns, you know, non, non-religiously affiliated. So many people still, even then, kind of feel the sense that there's something out there, right? That, that something deeper exists. And that perennial question, who am I? Why, why am I here? So, so in this film, as we go through these two men and their sense that they were serving God according to a divine plan, that uh, that all of us out there should try to discern you know, what is our role in, in in the divine plan as well. So, so we hit not just Reagan and John Paul II, but the but these sort of deeper theological questions. I see. So, Paul, in the middle of the divine plan is this. Um, well, some would say it's miraculous. Others, others would say it's a coincidence. But Ronald Reagan and Pope John Paul were each shot assassination attempts on their lives six weeks apart. Yeah, and and that and that's what's particularly remarkable about this, John. It was so it was March thirtieth, nineteen eighty one, that Ronald Reagan was shot. May thirteenth, nineteen eighty one, that that uh, John Paul II was shot. And um, you know, we I think we were all old enough to remember. Well, not Kathy, I'm sure she wasn't old. Enough to yeah, J- John, I'm Thank sure. Right? Yes, yes, definitely. John was probably sixty, seventy. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, no, but but I, it, it was it was it was only six weeks apart, and a lot of people remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Reagan was shot. John Paul II shot was shot. I remember where I was when I when I heard that John Hinckley had shot Ronald Reagan. But what a lot of people forget is it was, it was only six weeks apart. And and they both probably should have bled to death. They they lost a massive amount of blood. They had they had major blood transfusions. They both John Paul II received last rites right, right before he went out on the on the operating table. And the two of them came together in June 1982 at the Vatican for the first time. They had always wanted to meet, and and Reagan especially wanted to meet with John Paul II when he saw footage of John Paul II returning to Poland in June 1979. Reagan said, that's it. The Pope is the key. The Pope is the key. I got to find a way to get elected and get out there, reach out to the Pope and the Vatican and make them an ally. So so they got together in June 1982, spent about an hour together one-on-one, and confided to one another their shared conviction that they believed that God had spared their lives 
for a special purpose. And, and they believed that that special purpose was to take down atheistic Soviet communism, which, you know, among other things, was responsible for not only a war on religion, but for the deaths of about 100 million people in the, in the 20th century. Atheistic communism is something that gets tossed around right now. Now, people would say, okay, so if we're talking about the democratic field currently, they're not communists. I mean, they might say they're socialists, but there's a big jump between being a socialist and being a communist. When I hear that, Paul, it makes me nervous because I feel like people are saying that without a real historical reckoning of what actually happened. Yeah, and especially a lot of young people, Kathy, are, are saying that nowadays. And, and I think that groups that, that Robert Orlando is trying to re- reach with this film. So not only the, the non-religiously affiliated, but, but this, so many millennials today who, who either declare themselves openly to be a socialist, and it's, it's now like literally half almost of millennials. It's, it's amazing. And a really high number of them say positive things about communism as well. And and they'll they'll often say the socialist. Well, I'm not I'm not a communist. I'm a socialist. Well, in in, in Marxist theory, Marxist Leninist theory, socialism is the final transitionary step to communism. Uh, by my friend Marion Smith, who runs the, the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation, when when he's often asked what's the difference between socialism and communism, he says, well, like Christians aspire to heaven. Socialists aspire to communism mm. because because which I, I like that comparison too because it's it, it, even though communism is atheistic it's often treated as a kind of like religious utopia by by many communists so I like that that analogy but but for socialists in Marxist theory history would travel through this progression this dialectic from feudalism to capitalism to socialism to communism really. So and it, yeah, and so in historical in the historical plans of Marxism Leninism, socialism is the final step to communism. And Bernie Sanders, yeah, Bernie Bernie Sanders was a Trotskyist in, in in his youth. He 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 spent a year on a Stalinist kibbutz in Israel in the 1960s. He was a he was a member of Yipsil, which was the the you know the the, the youth socialist Trotsky League at the University of Chicago. So I, I mean, I'm sure today, you know, he's not a hardcore Marxist, Leninist, and a closet member of Communist Party USA, but but you know, he's he's still a socialist, and a lot of what socialists profess happens to be the same thing that communists profess. They they share a lot of the same goals and vision. Take a break. Be right back. It's John Acampi on 101.5. W O R D. Hi, I'm John Henny from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit hennyjewelers.com. Henny Jewelers. 
your jewelers for life. Do you have brain fog and lack of energy during the day? If so, take back your vitality and clarity with all-natural Cola Gel, newly discovered jellyfish collagen peptides that aids with brain and memory support. Cola Gel is all-natural with no side effects. Edible jellyfish collagen uniquely supplies the body with multiple collagen peptides and naturally occurring minerals that fuels our cellular system with energy-rich compounds. Jellyfish collagen is a nutritive formula that promotes optimum neurological activity and improves cognitive memory. Receive your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. That's longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. K-O-L-L-A-J-E-L-L. Get your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz promo code COLAGEL. Eliminate brain fog and lack of energy with COLAGEL at longevitybynature.biz. That's longevitybynature.biz. B-I-Z. It's a question that every high school junior and senior dreads to hear. So what do you want to do with your life? And different students respond to it different ways. So you'll have some students that are going to apply to 10 different schools, right? And then you're going to have another kid that's going to go to one school and it's going to steal their heart. And they're going to say, forget the other and I just want to apply there. But you want to do due diligence. You do want to do due diligence, but there is something about... The heart connection that some students get. I remember the first time my daughter went to Grove City College, she'd already visited two schools, but she went to that one. I'm telling you, she was there for three hours. She came home and she said, I already decided that's where I want to go. Now, it's not going to be that way for everybody, but a lot of students are going to get to a place and think, this is the one for me. And the same thing happened in our family. One visit, it fit right, and he was off to the races. So whether you're going to go the 10 school route or you're going to go the one school route that steals your heart, the point is, make one of those trips to Grove City College. Without a doubt. You know, in this world today, it is hard, chaotic. We are navigating things in the culture that are beyond our generation. So you want to make sure that your son or daughter is embedded in a great place, Mm -hmm. surrounded by wonderful people who have a strong Christian worldview, and use that worldview Uh, in a way that is deeply intellectual. That's why we say Grove City College, online, gcc.edu. Increasing clouds tonight with a shower in some spots toward daybreak, low 39. Tomorrow, periods of rain in the morning. Then that rain will mix with and change over to some snow later in the afternoon as it turns colder. We'll have an early high of 43 tomorrow. Snow will come to an end early tomorrow evening, leaving behind a slippery coating. Low tomorrow night, 24. Then for Friday, a spotty snow shower for the morning, high 37 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Paul Kengor is with us. He is part of a movie that premieres tonight, Wednesday evening at five theaters across the uh, western Pennsylvania area. It's called A Divine Plan, where a president and a pope, an unlikely pair who combine deep faith with political acumen and a shared revulsion for this evil of Soviet communism. So, Paul, uh, talk about this. Um, This assassination attempt on both uh, Ronald Reagan and uh, Pope John Paul. And then was it Ronald Reagan himself who saw this coincidence and made the steps forward, who contacted the Vatican, who wanted to sit down and sit with Pope John Paul to talk about their shared hatred of the Soviet Union and communism? Yeah, it goes pretty far back, John. And in fact, I, I talk in in a pope and a president, and also we ha- we have a book called called the Divine Plan, which which goes with the film. 
And in fact, I think I lay this out even more in the book because one of our interviewees, Richard V. Allen, was, was Reagan's first national security advisor, and he told us about this. He said that he was in a like a literal reception line um, for right after Ronald Reagan was 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 first elected, and they were having like a pre-inaugural meeting, and right next to him in line was was Pio Laghi, who would become the first apostolic delegate by the Vatican to the Reagan administration. Ronald Reagan's administration was the first to formally recognize the Vatican. Uh, you know, the United States had never extended diplomatic. Yeah, yeah. The United States had had never extended formal dipl- diplomatic recognition to the Holy See really? until Ronald Reagan. Yeah, yeah. Harry Truman wanted to do it. There were there were other presidents that wanted to do it, but it was considered too controversial. Um, JFK couldn't do it <laughs> because it would have been viewed very suspiciously in his case. So Reagan had wanted to do it for a long time. And, and and there in that line, that reception line, this was December 1980, Dick Allen told us for the film, was P.O. Loggi. And, and Loggi said to them right away, said, we want to get together. We want to meet with you guys. We, we want to talk to you guys. So they, they were trying to meet from the first weeks of the new Reagan administration. Reagan was sworn in late January 1981. But then within just six weeks after that, six, seven weeks after that, Reagan was shot. And, and then a few weeks after that, John Paul II was shot. And here's, here's an amazing coincidence. Reagan was scheduled to give the commencement speech at Notre Dame on, on May 17th, which was just four days after John Paul II was shot. So, so John Paul Reagan spent a lot of the spring recovering. Uh, John Paul II spent a lot of the summer recovering. And they really, because of their schedules and priorities and other things going on, including events in Poland, the earliest that they could finally get together was at the Vatican in June 1982. Dr. Paul Kangor with us, Senior Director and Chief Academic Fellow for the Center for Vision and Values, also Professor of Political Science at Grove City College, author of the New York Times bestseller, God and Ronald Reagan. And we're talking about the brand new film called The Divine Plan, premiering tonight in Pittsburgh at five different theaters. So, Paul, are you saying that both Reagan and the Pope recognized that Poland was an essential area, an essential government, an essential people group to persuade in their um, what they felt was their, I don't know, their mission in their political life to bring down atheistic communism? Yeah, they really did, Kathy. And, and in fact, so imagine if you're a fly in the wall at that meeting in June 1982 at the Vatican and the, the, the non-Polish, non-Catholic president turns to the turns to the Polish Catholic Pope. In fact, there had never been a Polish Pope before. There had never been a Slavic Pope before. And and John Paul II was the first non-Italian Pope in 455 years, if you can imagine that. I mean, the first non-Italian Pope in 455 years. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. But Ronald Reagan looks at him, and again, non-Polish president, and, and he looks at John Paul II, and he said, he said, Holy Father, hope remains. Hope remains in Poland, in your country. He said, we working together can keep it alive. And, and they both realized that Poland was the only country in the Soviet communist bloc where the war on religion completely failed. Lech Walesa, the Solidarity right. Movement, said, you, you want to ban our Bibles? We all have Bibles. You want to ban our churches? Our churches are full. 
And, and so they realized that Poland could be the wedge to, uh-huh. to split the entire communist bloc. I see. Okay. So then, Paul, the timeline from that meeting with Ronald Reagan and Pope John Paul in June of 82 to forward, when did Reagan say, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall, and then the timeline when the wall actually fell? Yeah, so that was in and but that was in June 1987 that Reagan said that the Brandenburg Gate speech, and by that point they had he and John Paul II they met again that same June 1987 at the Vatican. They had also met in Alaska of all places because they were both flying through that area. Hmm. That was in May 1984. And then they would meet again in the United States in Miami in September of 1987. In fact, people, yeah, people have asked me about the cover photo on my book, A Pope and a President. They say, say, don't take this the wrong way, but is is that photoshopped? Did you guys photoshop that photo? I said, no, 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 no. That's the two of them sitting together in Miami. And, 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 And Nancy Reagan told me, she said, she said, that's my favorite picture of those two. My favorite picture. She said that John Paul II was her favorite foreign leader, she said. But but they're kind of speaking emphatically to one another about about the events that are going on. And and it was yeah, it was June nineteen eighty seven that Ronald Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall and the wall eventually fell uh, wow, I'm looking at my calendar here. This is kind of uh, maybe this is part of the divine plan that we're talking about this. Thirty years ago this day? No? What? Um, no, it was it was. It's usually marked as November ninth or tenth, nineteen eighty nine. So thirty years ago this week, wow, the, the Berlin Wall fell. Fabulous! Yeah. Oh, wow, we're part of the timeline. And, and, and by the way, to, to make us all feel old, um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, <laughs> who's carrying the flag for democratic socialism, yeah. yes. was four weeks old when the Berlin Wall fell. Oh, my gosh. She was, AOC was pr- probably nursing at her, her mother's breasts when the Berlin Wall fell. She was an infant, which, which is why it's so important for us to teach this history, mm-hmm. write books about it, do films on it, 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 do do talk radio on it, because the young people today have no memory of what we're talking about, which is why someone says to them, hey, socialism's pretty good. It's about sharing your stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, well, that sounds pretty cool. They have, they have no idea. Heaven help us, uh, truly. Uh, that's so key that socialism now is being held up as, you know, the answer to all the ills of society. Uh, but, uh, boy, the education is definitely necessary. Paul Kengor with us from Grove City College. We're talking about a film, um, The Divine Plan. And we would encourage you to go see the film. It's this evening only. TheDivinePlan.com is the place to go to find more about the film. And, of course, you can check local listings as well. We need to step away for just a few minutes. Paul Kengor will stay with us. We hope you do as well. So stick around. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM and WPIT. WORD. Turning point with David Jeremiah. We're pilgrims and strangers in a foreign land where we're not recognized, where often we're criticized, and the journey through the mountainous terrain to the place to which God has called us can often be difficult. There's truth in these Psalms to help us as we make our way. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, When Your World Falls Apart, next time on Turning Point. 
This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Do you enjoy helping others? Consider a career at Accessibilities Home and Community Services. As a leading provider of in-home care for people with disabilities since 1954, Accessibilities is dedicated to quality care. Flexible schedules, 100% employer-paid health premiums, competitive dental and vision plans, and paid time off are just a few reasons to consider accessibilities. Visit accessibilities.org or call 724-832-8272 today. Accessibilities is an equal opportunity employer. Shalom. Guess where I was a couple days ago. Hi, this is Abraham Sandler from Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation, and I had dinner in Israel with a great view of the Sea of Galilee. Imagine yourself looking over the waters that Jesus walked upon and calmed with just his voice. How would you like to experience Israel with a Jewish believer like me? Tour Israel with us and spend time with Jesus and his people in his land. More info at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. The Forever Mark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection, a diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark, beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. Grove City College was speaking with Dr. Paul Kengor. He is the author of uh, best-selling books, God and Ronald Reagan. His latest book is called Reagan's Legacy in a World Transformer. Here, er, earlier in the hour, we're talking about the, the Divine Plan, the movie that is premiering this evening across five local theaters, thedivineplan.com. Please check that out. Paul, I think one of the problems, uh, one of the major issues that we're having in American discourse right now is that we are in these echo chambers. And so we pick the people that we like and the people we agree with. And so we just sign on with whatever they say. And regardless of whether you're on the political left or the political right, that's no way to carry on any type of public policy. And it's no way to decide what your own standards or morals or perspectives are. Um, 
So when we talk about democratic socialism, that is seen as something today that is it, it's good because we want to care for each other. We don't want to be, you know, people who are who are eating at the corporate trough. We don't want to be people who are selfish. We don't want to be people who are money first. We want to care about our fellow man. There's all this inequality. We rec- Right. We recognize that there's a lot of suffering in the world. And so I hear this all the time, Paul, the way that Sweden does it is good or the way Finland does it is good. I mean, they don't look like, you know, uh, Moscow in 1982. And everyone's taken care of. Right. Yeah, that's right. Well, well, the, you know, those countries, Sweden, Denmark, and some of the others, really aren't socialist countries. And I, I mean, what they are, they are they're kind of big government states, right? They they have um, large welfare systems. They are um, kind of maybe even social democracy might be a phrase that you could use, but 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 they're not democratic socialism. And, and in fact, if if you go to the website for the DSA, the Democratic Socialists of America, which which is now self-reporting that they have about 50,000 members. And you know, that I think Communist Party USA says that they have about 5,000 members. So Democratic Socialists of America, that, that really is the group. That's what AOC comes from. Ilhan Omar, the so-called the squad, Rashida Tlaib, she, she's also DSA. If you go to their website, they refer to themselves as, quote, the largest socialist organization in the United States. And, and if you read the platform, they're actually socialists. So you know, the DSA, those democratic socialists are, are socialists. And, and people should understand, too, that Vladimir Lenin, Leon Trotsky, Joseph Stalin, they were all part of the Social Democratic Party of Russia. I mean, they called themselves social democrats. So so it, it, it's, it's really important for people to make the distinction as we what it is that they actually believe when they say these things and 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 it and it's it, it's incumbent on, upon us and it's fair for us too John Kathy to ask people you know, without without them feeling they're like they're being put on the spot what do you mean by that right when you call yourself a socialist what what do you mean by that if you call yourself a christian socialist well why are you calling yourself a christian socialist because because socialism at least as conceived by by Marx and Lenin and and Engels and the others, they they viewed socialism as inherently atheistic. It was a flat-out rejection of the Christian gospel. So I would say if you want to you know, if you want to share wealth, if you want if you want to help the poor, if you want to lower the income gap, if you want to be for for workers' rights, then then you know just follow the Christian gospel. It, you 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 could do that without being without being a socialist. Talk about the particulars. You mentioned that in Sweden, Finland, et cetera, the countries that a lot of democratic socialists in America point to, um, that they have large welfare systems, they have big government, but they're not actually democratic socialists. Talk about why they're, why you wouldn't classify them that way. Yeah, so I, I mean, if, if, if anyone's sitting in front of a computer right now, so if you typed in, if you just go to Google and type in the word socialism, it, it, likely to pop up would be a Google definition, a Merriam-Webster definition, and it'll say socialism is the common ownership of the means of production. And, and, and for, for most socialists throughout history, that means that government owns, your public, right, government owns the means of production. And you know, a, a, a true socialist would, would favor the government taking over you know, many, many factories, farms, industries, uh, which is why if uh, – and a couple people have done this. 
if you have a sit-down interview with, with Bernie Sanders or with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, it'd be fair to say, hey, can you tell me which factories, <laughs> which industries you'd like to take over mm. as a socialist, right? And they would probably say healthcare. Of course, they would use a phrase like single payer rather than you know, government takeover. They use more elusive language than this. So, okay, all right. Would you favor taking over the auto industry? Would you favor taking over telecommunications? Would you favor taking over the steel industry? Right? Go back to Clement Attlee and the Brits right after World War II, where they nationalized the coal industry, the steel industry, the auto industry, wow. healthcare, uh, you know, rail, on and on and on. Which which of these would you take over? And by the way, if your answer is well, maybe one out of twenty of them, I tell you, you're really not a socialist in that case. Mm. And, and, and and so, Paul, that's yeah. not the case in those countries I mentioned, Sweden, Finland, et cetera. It's not. No, that's right. And, and, and in fact, some of them, you'll hear this all the time about Cuba, right? Oh, well, Cuba might be communist, but they've got free health care down there. Well, look, you, you have free health care in Britain, and Britain's not communist. You got free health care in France and Italy, and you, you do it there with, without it being a totalitarian regime. And, and, and by the way, it, it's not free. You, you you pay for it. You you pay you pay for it through your tax dollars. Right. But yeah, you know, but it, it you know, it's actually it's actually it, it is actually paid for. It's not it's not free. But but you can do that without a communist regime. You can do that without a socialist regime. But it, people fall for this kind of fatal conceit, and I think it's it's just based out of ignorance, where they think. Oh, well, I think it'd be good, too, to share some things. And, oh, look in the Christian gospel. You have these early communities pulling together their resources. Oh, they must be, they must be socialists. No, they're not. Right. They're sharing. They're pulling together some resources. They're helping one another. But don't make the, the terrible mistake of saying, oh, then they're therefore socialists. Right. They'd be like you know, saying witches and warlocks and Christians, you know, agree on things because, after all, we all have a spiritual element. Right. I, I, I mean, no, just because you share one or two things in common, you, you don't transpose the whole ideology on the other thing when it doesn't fit. Right. So, Paul, with just a minute or so left in the segment, I'm, I have to ask this. So uh, there's been flirtations with this kind of conversation in the past few decades, but uh, on the horizon, when you see the gang of four and, of course, a younger generation actively engaged in this conversation, is this something that we should be concerned about? Yeah, it is, because the, the numbers are remarkable. I mean, they're really gaining major numbers among millennials and people generally. And and I would tell any young Christians out there that are listening right now that look at look at parables like the vineyard owner, the good Samaritan, or Zacchaeus, right? Where where Zacchaeus says, "I'm gonna I'm gonna give half my money to the poor," and young you know you might have a young quote unquote Christian socialist who goes, "Oh, that's socialism." No, it's not. He's voluntarily giving half of his money back to the poor as a free will individual choice, a free will act of benevolence. That's not a forced response to government fiat. Socialism would be the government coming in and saying, I want Zacchaeus and all of the rest of you to give me half of your income right now, whether you want it or not, and we're going to redistribute the wealth and make sure everybody makes the same amount of money. All right. You know, again, just because they're sharing or helping the poor don't fall into the fatal conceit of thinking, oh, well, that must be socialism. No, that's a 
gross oversimplification. Paul Kengor is with us, Senior Director and Chief Academic Fellow for the Center for Vision and Values and Professor of Political Science at Grove City College. Paul, just a couple minutes left before I know you have to leave us. Um, I think it's important, obviously, that we know our history, but, you know, we, we could be screaming forever, and if no one's listening to us, it doesn't matter, right? So what do you think could make the difference? You're with college students every day of your life. This is the um, the vocation that you've chosen or has chosen you. What makes a difference in talking to young people? What really gets the message across? Is it just teaching straight history? Is it, you know, person-to-person engagement? What do you think? Well, I'd say I'd say it's both, Kathy. But but w- one thing about young people, they are they are much smarter <laughs> than I think people realize. And I, I don't mean that in any way to sound condescending, but but I, I I've just I've seen so many cases of of people teaching to younger younger folks and kind of dumbing down the message. Mm, yeah, right. No, they're very yeah they're very smart. I, I mean yeah they they recognize nonsense right away, and 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 I I think you have to be transparent and open and honest with them and and you know acknowledge the good and the bad really genuinely teach both sides and as i as i always say to christians all the time and conservative christians in 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 particular if you believe that your side is truthful and correct and and you came to that process like i did right as kind of a clean slate looking at both sides i was an agnostic at one point i didn't have any political beliefs and if you came to the position where you are today by looking at all sides and making an informed judgment then then help them to do the same mm-hmm. you know, pre- present both sides to them and That's you know good. and in the end usually true you know, people will pick the truth i think the truth usually wins and you know i think that's one of the great gifts that that generation has i think first is their compassion but i think second and if they pair them together i think it's a powerful combination is they can smell bs coming yeah, a mile away the same phrase yeah it's true yeah they 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 really do they 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 can they can smell it they can tell and you know they'll they'll give you this kind of glare or funny look if if they think that you're misleading them. You you've got to be candid and open and honest with them, and they they react they react to that honesty. Very nice, Paul. Well, thanks an awful lot. We appreciate uh, your work in the classroom on the printed page and here over the air with Kath and myself. I greatly admire all the work and uh, the body of work that you continue to produce at Grove City College and beyond. Well, thanks. And the website for the movie is uh, thedivineplanmovie.com. And I know it's showing in five different theaters in the Pittsburgh area, November 6th. Very nice. That is this evening. TheDivinePlanMovie.com. You got it. Paul, thanks an awful lot. Okay. Take care, you guys. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. I'm not 20 anymore, but I'm not about to let joint pain slow me down. And thanks to advanced biological therapy, I don't have to. 
Regenerate Me in Pittsburgh, Advanced Biological Therapy offers the most advanced non-invasive treatment for joint pain. Voted best in Pittsburgh for joint regenerative medicine. To see if ABT is right for you, talk to a doctor 24-7 at 412-851-3811. Slow down for joint pain? Not on your life. Call 412-851-3811 now. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville can help protect your vehicle against anything the elements throw at it, like spray-on bed liners to create a permanent lifetime barrier against impact, moisture, and corrosion. Their TST Rust Remedy covers stuff your manufacturer warranty doesn't, like road salt and fall detail to safeguard your paint job, your tires, your interior against winter's worst damage. And did I mention Extreme now offers custom graphics? Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. The Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. An official message from Medicare. It's open enrollment, Fred. Time to compare plans. Oh, Alice, we're fine with what we have. Well, that's what the Johnsons thought until they tried Medicare's new plan finder. The Johnsons, huh? We saved on our prescription costs. And got extra benefits. Come on, Fred, maybe we'll find something better. Plans change every year. Use the new plan finder at medicare.gov to compare health and drug plans. Open enrollment ends December 7th. What do you know? Comparing plans really pays. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at indeed.com slash hire. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com. Now that's ridiculous. That is okay. That's that's a, a clip from the film Nacho Libre, which is a really funny, funny movie. It doesn't have a whole heck of a lot to do with nachos, but today is National Nacho Day, and we, so we'd like to celebrate that. Oh yeah, though I've never seen the film. Oh, you got to check that film out. It's I would, very funny. Do you, really? Oh, please, seriously, okay. you'll laugh. Okay, now let me just parenthetically say yeah. that in the past I have told you about different films mm-hmm. that I thought you should watch, yeah. and you know what you've said. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to watch that because it doesn't look funny. What? Now, if anything doesn't look funny, I think Nacho Libre would like qualify. Whoa! No, no it no, doesn't that, look funny. It's very funny. Okay, it is. It funny. looks. It looks very. Right. Mike, hold on. Mike, Ian. Yeah, yeah. Funny? Yes or no? I think it's funny. However, I don't think Kath will think it's. Mike that, doesn't think. I'm, I, yeah, I don't. Her I taste of comedy. Do you like um, planes, trains, and automobiles? I do like planes, trains, and. Do you automobiles. like Raising Arizona? Never seen it. Oh. <laughs> That's my barometer for funny films. If you like those two films, then you're going to like this film. It's hard not to like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Of it has course. such a sweet heart to it. You've got to watch Raising Arizona. Please watch Raising Arizona. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how I missed that I one. I don't either. That's Nicolas Cage, Yes, right? it is. Holly Hunter. Yeah. Fabulous. The film. brothers. Yeah. Back to Nacho Day, John. Okay, sorry. Um, how do you feel about the nacho? I love. Me too. I love a nacho. The thing about the nacho is 
you can do so many things with a nacho. I, I mean, just in its most basic form, mm-hmm. like a nacho with a little salsa. Yeah, that's all you need. Well, that's real. That's more like a tortilla chip, though. Well, yeah, I mean, but, nachos I mean, don't. You have to. Yeah. Do you have to have cheese on them for it to be nachos? I don't think so. All right, listen. I I just read today. It originated in a Mexican border town in 1943. Mm. The story goes that some Americans arrived at a hotel restaurant after it closed for the day. The maitre d' Ignacio Nacho Anaya, that was his name, came up with a snack using what little he had in the kitchen. He cut the tortillas into triangles, fried them, added cheddar cheese, pickled jalapenos, Mm. and served them to the hungry guests. That is good. That is good. That's how. Okay, do you So maybe it has to have cheese to be a nacho. Okay. So then do you do like in the oven like nachos with ground beef and oh, cheese yeah. mm. and jalapenos yes. and then it, everything gets really hot and bubbly oh, and then you're yeah. like scooping that in? Man, that's good. So good. Oh, yeah. I had that last week for, mm. for dinner. Did My you wife, though? I'm, 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 she, she wouldn't, she'd be okay with me saying this. Okay. She's not a great cook. Okay. She's not a great cook at all. She's but, still young. She's got but, plenty of time to learn. But when she makes the nacho tray. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Write it up. It. Oh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Nice, Put Mrs. The, New Mike yeah. doing the nachos. Putting the bean dip on there, the sour cream, the yeah. cheese, the. Oh, the you gr- said the magic beef. two words: sour cream. Mm-hmm. Sour cream. Listen, yes. doesn't it bring it all together? It really I does. don't care about the meat on there. Oh, I do. But I like the I, beans I on there. Yeah. I like some black beans sure, on there. Sure, sure, that's fine. I like some green onion chopped mm. on the top while the cheese is still melty. Yeah. A what little about- bubbly, and so the onion gets kind of stuck in there. Mm. I like that very much. What about the bean dip? Oh, sure, on the side. No, on it. No, I, I like the black beans alone, not necessarily the dip, though the okay. dip is okay, but I'll go with a bean if yeah. I can get it on the side. Right. Now, now can you do a nacho like as the entree? Yes. Yeah, I, I have course. no problem with that. Me of course. I would like, you know when I like to do that? Hmm. At the beach. Oh, for yeah. some Why? reason, being out in a warm weather climate really? makes me feel like I should have nachos really? for dinner. See, now I'm the opposite. Uh, to me, like the nacho thing is best served on a chilly night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like your idea better because that means that I can start eating nachos. Tis the nacho season. Uh, listen, a year ago tonight, I posted a photo of me eating nachos at home. <laughs> I did really because I felt good about it. I was completely bought in. Can you repost it? To, well, I think I might have to repost it okay. because you and I are not going to be at home tonight. Right. I mean, not like we have a, the same home. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. not, but, but might, you're not. You're not going to be at your home. No. And I'm not going to be at but my. But if you're home making today. nachos, I might make just show up. You know, just show up. Anyway, I enjoy them very yeah. much. How about uh, like a, a, a local restaurant where they have like supreme nachos? Is there a, like you know a buzz on that? How about Mad Max? Oh, my gosh. I like Mad Max. I do. Here's my only problem, and mm-hmm. I know that this is going to sound super lame, yep. but it is so dark. Oh, is it so dark? That I cannot, I cannot see what I'm eating right. when I'm eating the nachos mm-hmm. at Mad Max. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, it, <laughs> no, we're saying we like this restaurant, and then we're getting ready to run it down. So I'm not going to. I like Mad Max. I'm just going right. to say that. Very I do good. as well. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's got to be like a place like we specialize, or that's one of our, you know, premier things. Because it's not like, you know, you're, you know, making some French cuisine. Uh, pretty much it's anybody can make basic, some nachos. Right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I mean, how hard can it be? Listen to me. If, you, if you're ever in Newcastle, you have to go to a restaurant called El Cañelo. And you need to order the nachos supreme. Really? Yes. What's supreme about them? It's to die for. To d- okay. Okay. So they layer this massive plate with nachos, and then they pour this white, oh. creamy 
cheese all mm. over it. I don't like the white. Cream oh, cheese. it's so good. Mm-hmm. And then they then they put a little bit of spicy chicken on on top of it, oh, that's good. and then chicken. ground beef on top of it. Chicken and beef. and mm. beef dip. And what? Be, uh, bean dip. I'm sorry. Beef. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay, fine. It is amazing, and you have to eat it with your fingers. No forks. Yeah, no Who's forks. Using you, got, forks. Listen, you have to eat no. it with your fingers. What are we, no. Emily Post? Exactly. <laughs> I don't think we don't, so. we don't need any of that fork. What the heck? No. And then you're going to lick your fingers because yes. you can't because it yes. feels good. And you're going to ask the waitress if I could have some more napkins. <laughs> Not just a premise to where it's at. Very nice. All right. That's a good recommendation. Happy Nacho Day. So we hope that uh, as you're making your way home tonight, you've we've whetted your appetite and everybody stops and gets some nachos somewhere. Nacho! It's a funny movie, Nacho Libre. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.